you're not a photographer, like we may not be building the features for you. We're really focused on what is it that a photographer needs to run their business. And so that helps us shape. It helps us be able to say no a little bit easier. It helps us to be able to say yes in the right places and all those kinds of things. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Brandset Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davy Jones. Today's episode is part of the Founders Series, where we chat with founders and CEOs of companies that have created products and services that help creatives run their businesses. Today's guest is Todd Watson, the founder and CEO of ShowIt, a website platform created specifically for photographers and creative professionals. And today's episode is a little different than previous episodes. Instead of focusing on tips, strategies, or tools that you can use in your business, we focus mostly on Todd and the show its story. I don't know about you all, but I'm fascinated by stories of how businesses got started, especially businesses I admire, because I found regardless of the type or size of business, that there's so many shared challenges that entrepreneurs face when getting started. I've had the pleasure of getting to know Todd and the show its story over the last few years, and I can tell you it's a good one. We discuss how ShowIt got started, how at one point there was uncertainty over its future, and why Todd and his team rebuilt the platform from scratch into what it is today. We chat about why Todd opted not to take VC funding and the kind of business that he wants to run. Be sure to check out the show notes at davianchrista.com for the resources we mentioned during this episode. And I'd like to hear from you about what kind of content you'd like to see on the Brands at Book podcast as we move forward. I'd also like to know what episodes you've enjoyed so far and why. To leave your feedback, head on over to the Davy and Krista Facebook page and send us a message. Oh, and as a listener of the show, you can even get 10% off an annual Show It subscription by using the code BTBSHOW when signing up for Show It. That's not an affiliate code. We're just big fans of the Show It platform and want to share that with you. Now, on to the episode. All right, guys, we are here with Todd Watson, the co-founder and CEO of uh, the Show It uh, website platform. And I'm really excited about this because if you listen to this podcast or if you're familiar with Chris and I, you know that we love Show It, that now most of the websites that we design for our clients are on the Show It platform. So I'm really excited to dig in with Todd about how the Show It company got started, some of the challenges that fi- they faced. And I'm, and I'm fairly familiar with this story. So I'm really excited for you listeners to hear about it. But first, welcome, Todd. Hey, Davey. Thanks for having me on here. It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to dig in. So first, for those people who don't know what Show It is, can you just tell us what it is? Yeah. So we, we felt like when we look around the market, we see a lot of photographers that 
that they just felt stuck in their website. And so whether it be stuck in a template or just within WordPress or something like that, they just felt stuck. And so we felt like as a creative, we wanted to provide creative freedom for them to build the website that would be uniquely theirs and provide them the opportunity to connect with their ideal client. So we looked around, we realized that when you're thinking about creating a website, you really want to be able to do exactly what you want to do and have that creative freedom. And so we, we made it very drag and drop, very visual, a lot more like a Photoshop as opposed to a lot of, you know, just menus that decide things. So everything is like right there, um, the way that you would design an Illustrator or Photoshop or something like that so that you can actually create what you want to create when you're doing your website. Yeah. And I think what would separate show it from a lot of the other uh, drag and drop or, and I shouldn't even call them drag and drop builders. A lot of the other builders out there, you have to design within, you know, like modules mm-hmm. within, you know, squares. And with show it though, you have a lot more flexibility over the design. And if you are a photographer, the back end to show it, I think kind of feels like home to a certain extent because it, it, it has the same feel as the Adobe suite. Mm-hmm. I can use it, which means it's not as complicated as the Adobe suite, all right? <laughs> but it does have, it does have a similar feel to the Adobe suite. And what's interesting is that, you know, we've designed custom WordPress websites for a long time. And on WordPress, you can pretty much truly do anything you want. But having that sort of flexibility is often, it's a problem for people. It's actually a challenge. Um, one, because there's generally more maintenance work that goes into your website. So, you know, things things break maybe a little bit more. So having something like Show It, we found that our clients love Show It because they can go in and they can make updates on their own. You know, so once yeah. we, we get them set up with a, with a beautiful looking website, but after that, they can make uh, updates on their own. Yeah. And really, that was one of the big things that when we looked around and decided on WordPress, was we realized that there's the WordPress way. And this is kind of uh, when you get when you dive into this idea, WordPress has a way to do things. And so you have plugins and themes and everything that work inside of WordPress. The unfortunate thing is, is that that really constrains you on the way that you can build a, a builder for WordPress or how you can customize it. And you end up getting like stuck into menus and then CSS and custom code and like all that kind of stuff where you know, it gets really difficult to actually customize. And so people who have purchased themes or done other things like that for WordPress, they say, yeah, it looked great when I started, but I, I don't know how to do more with it. You know, like, I don't know how to make this thing grow to what I want it to be. And so what's unique about Show It is that we're not actually inside of WordPress. We're actually a standalone platform. So you don't actually have to have WordPress to use Show It. You could, you know, just build a site entirely independent of, of WordPress. But then you can also design a WordPress theme in Show It and then publish that into WordPress, which isn't really the WordPress way, but it works and uh, it allows you to have this really great, you know, design experience without having the frustrations of being inside of the WordPress builder, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I think it perfectly combines the freedom of WordPress, but Mm -hmm. eliminates a lot of the complexity because as you said, you're, you're working in a standalone builder. And we take full advantage of that. And that's something that we love about Show It is that it has that sort of integration, so to speak, with WordPress. So you can easily add. So not only can you create a, a beautiful website, which is you know the number one concern for a lot of people out there, but if you want to easily add different functionality to it, the fact that it does you know, have a connection to WordPress, uh, you can add that functionality usually relatively easily with a plugin, uh, which is really nice, which is really yeah. convenient. But first, Show It is a very different platform than it was. How many years has Show It Five, which is the platform that people are now familiar with? How many years has that been in existence? Two. 
Yeah, we only launched in 2016. So but we've been around since, as a company, since 2006. We launched our um, Show It website builder back in 2008. So um, really, it's been 10 years since our original uh, website builder that we designed. And, and back when we built that, it was on the Flash platform. So you know, we were building Flash websites, which at the time were, were spectacular. I mean, they were really engaging multimedia experiences. You know, they were just something that you just couldn't really do in HTML at the time. So mm-hmm. it, it was a great platform. And, and uh, you know, we had this full drag and drop thing that lets you build a site and, and you didn't get stuck in templates. And it was like, that was what we were about. And that's what we we're going to do. But then uh, along came mobile phones, you know, and, and as that started to take off, you're like, okay, so how does this work with it? So we made some changes and adjustments to that. But then really, when when Steve Jobs came along and said, Flash will never be on the iPhone. Yeah, that, that was really when things started souring a bit, you know, and as the iPhone really took off, it really started to shape, you know, Adobe who had acquired Flash and was mm-hmm. and owned it was was like, oh man, like if we can never be on the iPhone and they're never going to push back on this, we're probably going to need to move away from this. And so unfortunately that platform was, you know, <laughs> moved on essentially. And, and uh, they said, you know, we're going to stop supporting it, all those kinds of things. So yeah, here we are. What we are. Yeah, here we are. Uh, but ultimately, I think, I mean, the, the platform now is out, like, we love it. It's outstanding, uh, you know, and so I guess the the silver lining, I mean, from your, and I want to get into this uh, in a second with you. So I'm sure going through that change, probably not, it wasn't easy, right? But the, what you, what we have now, as far as a platform, it's amazing. Can you walk us through sort of the, uh, the beginning of show it, you know, kind of what, what motivated you guys to actually, where were you? Like, were you always computer developer type? Yeah. So I had a, a computer background, but I was working at camp doing their video production stuff. And, and my friend, David J was a friend since elementary school. And he was a photographer and, and was visiting one time and said, Hey, could you build my website? And so we, I was like, yeah, I, I could do that. And so we built his first website. Uh, and part of that was some slideshows for his photos that for different weddings that he'd shot. And he was like, man, the other photographers really love this. The clients love these slideshows. Could we build something that would let photographers be able to build slideshows. And I thought, oh, yeah, I bet we could put something together that would, that would do that. And there wasn't a lot on the market that was doing slideshows. There wasn't Animoto. There wasn't you know other things like that at the time. Uh, we built our first version of what we called Show It Web. And because uh, DJ was doing on-site slideshows and he wanted a way to put it on the web. So we we built this slideshow product and you know I was working at a camp making pretty minimal amount of money uh-huh. so I was like man if we sell 50 of these it's going to be just crazy great you know so like that was my you know expectation at the time that we that we built it, it was like 50 that'll be good 50 is a good goal 50 is a good goal you know and uh we kind of beat that goal and over the next I think 4 or 5 years I think we sold like 15,000 or something like that it was <laughs> it, it was it was just insane and so that was really the start of it. But I was working a full-time job and then just doing that on the side. We're building that out and trying to figure out what we what we do with that while only being kind of a part-time gig and just yeah. on the side here and there. And it was like, is this just going to dry up overnight? You know, it's hard to know, like, especially in a business where you're selling a slideshow product, it could just, it might sell one month and the next month, nothing, you know, who, yeah. who knows? And there wasn't any kind of recurring revenue, any, any of those kind of things. So it was pretty risky at the time, but we finally said, you know what, let's go ahead and, and go all in on this and make a company out of it and actually build something. So, you know, we started that in 2005, but really didn't 
until late 2006 really decided, okay, let's make this a, a company and, and go after this. And, and then in 2007 is when I quit my full-time job and actually dove in, making sure to a, a real company. And that's when we started, we decided, let's build a product that photographers needed, which was websites, websites. not just the slideshows, you know, yeah. and say, let's do that. So, because I guess, where, you know, slideshows at the time, like you said, I mean, they're in demand and the whole same day slideshow thing, right, is, you know, was a thing. I mean, it still is a thing today, but you have no way of knowing, is this going to be a trend uh, for the long term? So, is yeah. that really what motivated you all uh, to transition from it being primarily a slideshow app to a website platform for photographers? Yeah, for sure. There, there was a lot of factors as we looked at it because it would be crazy how great someone's slideshow would be. And then they'd put it on a website that was not great. You know, uh-huh. like, so, so, you know, when you were looking around and going, oh my goodness, this, the websites that are out there were just cookie cutter templates, you know, like uh, that, that you could drop in a few photos and that was it. And we actually heard stories of people saying like, oh, hey, are you like in collaboration with that photographer? Because you guys have the same website, you know, uh-huh. like, are you guys like, like a, a team of photographers? And they'd be like, <laughs> They'd be like, no. And and so like you hear those stories and you're like, oh man, like it, it just, the state of websites was not great at that time. And so we said, you know, I think this is a way that we could really provide a valuable service to the industry that would, you know, especially when it comes to being unique, providing a website like that. So uh, we took our experience in building some software and said, okay, let's, let's build a team around this. So that's when we actually formed a company and started hiring a few people. Can you talk a little bit about why you decided just to focus on photographers? I mean, working in the wedding industry, I feel like the wedding industry is one of those industries where the photographers are very aware of, you know, the planners that are out there and the florists and so on and so forth. At any point, did you decide like, oh, well, you know, if we're going to build a websites that photographers can use, why don't we market to planners and florists and, you know, all the, and bakers, you know, and all the other pieces of you know, that specific industry? Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, it's one that we wrestle with even now, you know, like those questions still come at us all the time. And I think ultimately what we, what we've found is that once we started, like we've tried occasionally to do a few things like that. And you learn very quickly that like, if you say, Oh, Hey, we also do church websites, you know, and then they're like, well, can I have something to do like podcasting? And can I do something to like syndicate, you know, sermons and do like other stuff. And and then it's like, Oh, we do realtors too. Okay. Well, can I have integration with listing sites and integration with this? And all of a sudden your like scope of like the service that you can provide is become so wide. And you realize like, I don't know if we can actually provide really great service to all these people at the size of team at the, what we wanted to be. And we realized we have domain expertise. We were around photographers. You know, my former partner was a photographer, you know, like we, like we're in it for photographers and we, and we had a good sense for like, this is what the features are that are needed. This is how we can do it. And we just, you can, you have the opportunity to stand out as a focused niche. And so we realized, you know what, we want to be the best we can be at serving photographers. And, you know, other people can come along and we have lots of other types of businesses using show it. But ultimately, when they come to our site, they're going to know like we're about photographers. And if, if you're not a photographer, like, we may not be building the features for you. Sure. You know, hopefully there's a lot of, a lot of good things for you, but we're really focused on what is it that a photographer needs to run their business. And so that helps us shape. It helps us be able to say no a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. It helps us to be able to say yes in the right places, you know, and, and all those kinds of things. So we've just decided that's the direction that we're going. And, and until, you know, the thing that I've told people in the past is like, until we've like, have no opportunity to grow, then we can talk about other sure. markets, you know, sure. but as it stands, there's so many photographers that we have the opportunity to serve that 
there's no reason for us to take our eye off that ball. Yeah, yeah. And one, it's not like the photography market is small, right? So yeah. it's still it's still a big a big enough market where you can run a, a profitable company. But I, you know, I really wanted to ask you that question because I think it's an issue that so many people struggle with. You know, especially when they f- they're first getting started in whatever industry it is, they have an opportunity mm-hmm. to serve most likely all sorts of different clients, and yeah. it's so hard to niche down. It's so hard to say, you know, especially if somebody's ready to you know, book Mm -hmm. your services and maybe they're not quite the kind of client you serve. It's so easy to say, yeah, you know, I'm going to take that client, but Mm -hmm. by taking that client, can you serve them really, really well? And I think uh, one of the reasons that so many other kinds of creatives have found the show it platform, you know, to be such a, such a good platform for whatever they're doing is because you guys have been really, really focused on building something for photographers and serving them uh, as well as you possibly can. And you know, I, maybe you would agree that if you tried to build something for everybody, you probably end up building something for nobody and nobody would quite find enough value in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the, that is definitely the, the piece that's, it's hard because there's so many times where it just feels like, oh, if we just did a little bit more, <laughs> oh, if we just did this, you know, like it won't be a big deal. But like every time you give that inch, there's just this sense that like, you just, you lose credibility, you know, you lose the the sense that like, you know, who you're about and those kind of things. And so, you know, when we can be very firm about that, you're going to find that people are going to connect. They'll understand our vision, our mission, you know, when, when it's not like, oh, well, we're also for dog groomers and you know, they're, they're great too. You know, like when we start weakening our message, then, you know, and I think it's the difference that you're going to see when you go to a Wix or Squarespace, you know, like all of a sudden you're going to go and choose between which template to start with. And it's like, well, I'm not a restaurant, but maybe I'll customize this menu to be my photography menu. And it's like, it doesn't always relate very well. And then you're like, oh man, like it would be really nice if I was just working from something that was really designed for me. And, and I think that's where our value is, is we're going to say, Hey, we're going to be starting from what's valuable to you. And as a photographer, you know, and booking clients and, and taking care of them and providing different services, like that's what we're going to be about, you know, and that's what we're going to help you. Absolutely. And so, uh, there's, there's stuff that happened in the meantime though, from old show. So you decide to pivot and you're building a website, a website platform, the old flash based platform for photographers. Mm -hmm. And somewhere in the middle there, you were actually part of, or that same company had launched another product, right? You guys launched pass. Yeah. So what, what happened was that we were building our website product and we realized, man, it would be a really great to be able to provide a way for our show customers to have better galleries for their clients. We're like, well, let's build a gallery tool instead of show it. But then as we looked at the market, we realized that there was a lot of shoot and burn photographers delivering on CDs, just real frustrated. So we said, you know what, actually, this is beyond just websites. This is photo delivery. And so we, we said, you know what, there's a bigger opportunity here for us to do photo delivery. And that's, that's where we started Pass. And sure enough, that was one that took off even faster than show it did because it was such a need in the market to be able to deliver photos, you know, and it was so much more efficient, so much better than handing over a CD and then people never put it in a computer. A lot of them didn't even have a computer that had a CD in it. And you're like, oh, what do we do with this? So it was a, a great product and that thing started taking off. And then we found ourselves in this, this weird spot where you have two products, one that's doing really well, the other that you're kind of seeing the end, you know, the end is near, you know, and, but you have all these little customers who've been around, enjoy the platform, still like it. It's just the technology underneath it. That was kind of the frustration of it. You know, the changes with mobile, the changes with the way websites would work. So we got to this point and I realized, you know, I'd I'd love to see us continue show it, Mm -hmm. you know, 
and reboot it. DJ at the time just felt like it was it was okay to just let it go and fo- and put all our energy into the into the into pass. And so so we talked through it and and I said, you know what? I think I'd I'd enjoy taking on that project. And so at, at that time we split the company into two and he took over pass and I took over show it. And and then even after that, it was another two and a half years before we actually had a product that we could launch. You know, so it's easy to write a story and be like, oh yeah, and then, then this happened and that happened. And yeah. not, now it all works, you know? <laughs> but if you look at the actual, you know, in the moments, you know, when I took over, I was taking over a sinking ship. I mean, every, yeah. every month was lower than the previous month. Everything was going away. Every, you know, unsubscribes were up. It was hard to get people to, to stay on a platform that I wasn't even very, you know, I wasn't proud of that at that point. It's like, sure. well, yeah, I mean, it works and we've, we've made it the best we can with what we can. You know, we made things still work. Even if you didn't have Flash, we were still generating stuff that people could see and use and all those kind of things. It still worked. It just wasn't great. And so I think that was the frustration for us of like, okay, how do we do this in the two years that we're transitioning the company and 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 getting a new product? And then even starting over from scratch and rebuilding and launching a product, you have all these features that you've built over the course of six to eight years. And you're like, okay, all those things need to be in the new product. And it's like, yeah. no, we actually have to start with like kind of a almost product, you know, things that we've learned. I mean, I think there's even still things right now inside of show it that I'm like, oh man, we, we had that built out in the previous version. We're still working on building a few, you know, things out that make it better and better and better to design and use. So you know, that, that whole process of starting over is, is tough, but I want to pause there for a second, because I think, I mean, to me, it would be both tough and terrifying, you know, I mean, you're taking over a product that, that you, as you just mentioned, the revenue from it is lower and lower each month. Uh, it's something that you're not particularly, you know, proud of as it is, as it stood then, you know, like mm-hmm. certainly yeah. over the building process, you were, you were proud of it. And just in general, you should be proud of it because you built something that, you know, thousands of people use, which is, which is awesome. But Steve Jobs comes out now it's basically the death of, uh, of Flash, right? So you know that the platform's going to have to change. And, you know, it's not the same as like, if I wanted to rebrand my photography business, let's say, and, mm-hmm. you know, I can, I can change my name and I can pick up with the same services, maybe communicated a little bit differently. And that's that, that's just not how, uh, developing tech works. Right. So yeah. you, it's not, a, you couldn't just take what you had and build off of that. You were building a completely different platform. Yeah. Uh, this is your full-time job you have a family, you know, and, and just as a, a plug for Elisa uh, here, Elisa was on the podcast as well. Her episode was at, around episode 10. She talks about uh, personality, super interesting. So you should go listen to that episode. But, you know, back to this, I mean, what made you want to take on this project? And just to paint the picture a little bit more, and I'm not sure exactly what the competitive landscape looked at that time, but I imagine that from 2006, when this company started to 2000 and we're talking 14 now around 2014, mm-hmm. yeah, you probably didn't have, or they, or it looked probably very different, mm-hmm. you know, the Wix, the Squarespace, the, you know, the thousand other, uh, builders that are out there, you yeah, know, it's probably, you know, at 2014, it's going to be a much cr- more crowded marketplace. Did you ever look around and just say, I don't even know if the market needs this anymore. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that was the conversation that we had when we decided to split the company. It was like, you know, I look, there's plenty of other options. The market doesn't need you anymore, you know, and that that's definitely something that you're that you're fighting against and looking at it. I think what we came back to over and over again was that there was there was new platforms that were that were out there and there was new options and new new availability and you know, there 
this was the big bet, you know, like, can we compete with Squarespace and, and WordPress and, and Wix and, and other big players in the market? You know, what can we do that's going to make us unique? And I really felt like just, and this kind of gets into the tech side that people don't always understand, but like every builder that I looked at wasn't really what you see is what you get. You know, it wasn't really that where you had placed something, it stayed. It always, you know, like it was responsive. So things text wrapped, things changed, this moved here, that did this, you know, it's so you would design something, hit publish, and then you'd open it up on someone else's computer and be like, oh, what is that? You know, yeah. there's always something different about what it looked like. And that was great for the sense of responsive. But I was looking at it going, man, I think some of the things that we learned about building our, the first version of, of Show It never happened in, in the next, you know, wave of builders that were out there. And that was some of the ideas that we took with scaling. So that instead of wrapping and, re, and rescaling, rescaling like that, we actually took things and made it size up more similar to like if you took a JPEG and scaled it, you know, mm -hmm. like it stays the same, you know, no matter what size you're looking at, it just might be scaled a little bit differently. And understanding that there is a, a mobile design view and a desktop design view, but really being able to say like, people who care about the design are going to want the design to look like the design mm -hmm. you know, and those kind of things. And so that was really the approach that we took that I feel like has separated us from the people around that, you know, in the landscape, if you want to site up really quick, yeah, Squarespace is great. And it's going to prevent you from messing up, you know, yeah. but, but then at the moment that you want to change what they've decided is how you should have a website, you're going to feel stuck. You know, like yeah. that, that's ultimately like what it, what it comes down to, unless you want to learn different coding things or different, whatever. It, it's just a lot more work to figure out how to change what they have. Whereas we took the opposite approach. We said, we're going to provide hundreds of design templates now that are in our store that you guys build design templates. So we have great starting places because, you, you know, design is huge. It's important to start from some good structures and good, good looks and, and, and that, but then, you're never going to feel like it's stuck, you know, like you have to get stuck in this box or here or there, you know? So that was really what we wanted to go after. And that's uh, where we've been going since then. So, but along the way, was there ever a feeling like this, this isn't going to work? You know, like, did you ever have doubts? Like, I don't know if we, I, like the, the ship is sinking. And in addition to that, you know, everything, a lot of what you just mentioned, right. And I love that. I mean, you know, I, I love that you love the tech, uh, behind yeah. <laughs> it, right? But you know, when you're trying, when you're explaining that to somebody, I don't think that's what is going to be like. Oh, yeah, that's why I need to be on show it. You know, yeah, exactly. It's because oh, instead sure. of the wrap or doing the scale, you know, like there are so many reasons to be on show it. So, how did you communicate mm -hmm. that to your user base or or people that would become your user base? You know, like what was your strategy there? Like numbers are declining. How did you get people excited about this platform or willing to give it a shot? You know, especially after the old platform, it would just, you know, I mean, it still exists, obviously, and it, and mm -hmm. it will for the next couple of years, but eventually it won't. And it's not as easy as like, you know, publishing your old website to this new platform because they're two completely yeah. different platforms. So what was your strategy in like saying, hey, this is, this is going to be way better than what it, what it was, you know, st stick with us. I know you can go to Squarespace. I know you can go to Wix. I know you can go back to WordPress and builders there. Stay here. Yeah. Well, I think it's a great question to explore. And I think one of the things that I would encourage people to come back to is that business is about relationships. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is definitely where we had to come back to is say, you know what, we need to like in this season of rebuild, 
we actually need to rebuild relationships because there's a lot of people that we had that, you know, felt burned by the fact that we hadn't changed, you know, or, or yeah. things like that, you know, that we were, we were stuck in this, this way. So, you know, a lot of our focus during that time of building was actually building relationships as well. So going to leaders in the industry and just saying, Hey, you know, we're sorry, we're working on it. Here's where it's going. You know, will you be around? Can we, you know, can you give us feedback? How can we uh, make this work? And so there was a lot of that, that was us just investing in being a part of the community again, really developing, you know, our show a tier community and saying like, Hey, we understand that you felt neglected. We're turning the tide on this. Like we really want to change uh, what it looks like for us to have a relationship. And so a lot of that had to change on, on the relational side, because until those things change, you know, like I think there's a sense that some people have like, if you build it, they will come. And I think those, those are few and far between, you know, that it really works out that way. I think a lot of times really the relationships that are happening behind the scenes, the things that uh, will be the things that matter. So, you know, we doubled down, we, and as part of that split, we took over United conference mm-hmm. and we, and we really doubled down on, on doing a conference for photographers and really investing in the community, even though we knew that most of the people that were coming to United at that time, weren't even using show it. Yeah. We just said, we, we just said, you know what, we're going to do a conference for photographers. That's going to be awesome. Regardless of whether there's, you know, involved yeah. in show it at all. And, you know, build a community and hopefully when we have a product that, <laughs> that we can really uh, be behind that, hopefully they'll, they'll uh, come around as well. But regardless, we're going to be invested in helping photographers see, succeed. And so that's, that's where really where we came back and started on that. But, but I mean, for sure, as we're doing that, I mean, that was an investment period where it was like, okay, we're spending money on salaries. We're spending money on a conference. We're spending money on all the things to make a company work. But I have no idea whether this is going to work out. You know, we still haven't launched, you know, the bridge that happens when you're actually asking for people for money and they have to decide between X and Y and and all those kinds of things. That's when you find out if your business is going to succeed. You know, that's where you find out, will they trust us with what we're doing? And so that took a long time to find out that. And, you know, our whole team will tell you about uh, our first goal at the beginning of the year, 2014 was a company goal of 50 first sites. I mean, that's a crazy thing to think about now, but like, yeah, like our only goal was that we have to get 50 sites online that are using the new platform, you know? And so we were asking, we were just begging everyone that we knew, <laughs> you know, like, will you be one of the ones that's our, a part of our 50 first sites, you know, yeah. and say like, will you be a part of this? You know, we're trying to get this launched by the end of February. We want to have 50 sites that are currently using the platform before we go to WPPI. So we have something to, to show and talk about and say, here's success on the platform. And when you're trying to get those first sites online, you find out all the things that go wrong, all the things that don't work, all the things that you're missing. And that's when you're iterating as fast as you can, because you're like, we have to solve the things that prevent us from from going to launch. And so, so yeah, that was our, our big goal. And we, and man, we, I think we barely did it. I think we had 51 <laughs> sites, or something like that. I mean, it was like, and it was like everyone on the team, you got to be like two or three people that you're talking to, you know, like, and we're going to do this. And we were handholding across the board, you know, like everything was about that. It was like, can we get these first 50 launch? Because that's the make it or break it. If you can't get past that just initial hurdle, you'll never get to hundreds and thousands and whatever else that's going to happen after that. So that was definitely 
part of that journey of like, okay, this is where, where it feels like the ship either floats or it sinks, you know, here we go. So that's fascinating. And there's, there's uh, a couple of things that I want to dive into uh, there. And I'm going to mention them just so I don't forget. The first one is features, you know, and, and in figuring out what features to build, because I think the comparable thing for people who are running a service-based business is, you know, people coming to them and say, Hey, can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? And you're thinking, well, I don't really do that, but I could do it. And again, like if you decide to go that route, out. You know, the, the nice thing about standardizing things and serving a niche is that things are repeatable and that way you can serve those people really, really, really well, you know, as, as show it's done with the, the photography niche, right? But people struggle with that because again, it's like people willing to give you money to do this service and you're kind of like, well, I need to pay my bills and this and that. But I want to get to that in a second. The first thing I want to ask about is investors. I mean, Squarespace, for instance, right, has probably raised... I don't know the exact amount, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was over a hundred million dollars, right? Do you feel like not having outside, you know, venture capital like that has allowed you to be more relational? Like has, you know, has, has given you the opportunity to really focus on those first 50 people, right? Like, do you think like something like a Squarespace, I would imagine they have to, you know, if they're taking money from outside uh, investors, they have to go out and grow and scale as quickly as possible. Whereas for you, I mean, you were a very clear goal. We're going to go out and get 50 people on the platform and we're going to serve them as best as possible. We're going to ask them for feedback and we're going to iterate from there. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's any connection there? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot I could talk about when it comes to investment and, you know, taking money and all those kinds of things. And it does change the conversation when when you take on investment, when you're, when you have investors that you're, that you're dealing with and and you have to decide, you know, what you're going to do with that. I actually have a book. Small, uh, I think you've told me yeah, about small giants. Small giants yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was just looking for it. Small giants, and the, and the premise of the book is when chump- companies choose to be great instead of big. You mm-hmm. know, like that's that's the whole premise of it. And I think ultimately, when I, as we were growing, show it from the first days. You know, I think I, the, the story I relate to people is that when when your business is about survival, everyone's on the same page. You know, like. We're just trying not to close the doors. <laughs> well, you know, when you get to a certain point, though, and you have a, any amount of success in your business, that's when you can start to see when priorities of owners are different. You know, like what what do you want to do with success? Like what, what's the what's the end goal? And I would say that too about investors. You know, like if an investor comes in and invests in your business, you know, their goal is that you survive, so that you start to make a return for them. But ultimately, their goal with what you what they want the business to be about is going to be sometimes different than what an owner would want that that company to be about. And so reading that book, Small Giants, was just such a great one for me to realize that there are companies out there that have said no to investing, you know, that have said, you know, like, no, we actually don't want to take that because we understand what that does to a business. And so now that's given given me freedom as a business owner to make uh, the choices that I want to do, where I can say like, yeah, we're going to stay focused on photographers. We're going to stay in this niche. We're going to run a conference that maybe doesn't look exactly right on the books, but has the kind of impact that I want it to have. I, I'm feeling exactly right on the books means that it might not be profitable. Is that <laughs> is that a euphemism for it might not be profitable? <laughs> well, you know, any business that's not profitable will ultimately die. So like, sure. at the end but of the, the day, the conference you have to, itself you know, is what you're, is what I'm saying. You said, uh, Oh yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Uh, <laughs> it's not like you generate a ton of revenue from this conference. No, no, yeah. no, uh, that, that's not the point of it, you know, like, yeah. and that's okay with us, you know? Yeah. So, because we have priorities of what we want to do with certain things. And so, but yeah, so I think 
when we when I was able to say, you know what, I understand what I want my business to be about, and I want it to be about the way that I can impact my team, you know, the way I can impact my family, uh, the way that I can impact the community and the industry, then I can have those priorities about what I want that to look like without having to worry about is every one of these decisions going to be the most profitable, mm-hmm. you know. For sure, the baseline is we have to be a profitable company or we don't survive. So we, we're always working towards that. But to a certain degree, we have a lot more flexibility with what we want our impact to be, what we want the direction of our business to be, uh, what we want it to feel like to work at our company, what we want it to feel like to be a customer of our company. You know, like if, for instance, we take an investment, there's no way we would have in-house support, you know. It's just so much more expensive than outsourcing that to another country, you know. And But you'll have an experience that's very different than, than the experience you're going to have with our team that is a part of a culture that actually cares about the clients, you know, that actually cares that your website looks good and, and is going to go above and beyond to try to take care of that. So I would much rather be a part of a company that's doing that as opposed to squeezing out every dollar and leaving customers feeling like, oh, well, they, I guess they took care of my problem. I guess, you know. Yeah. No, but I think, you know, and to speak to the support team, uh, because we, you know, we certainly reach out to them uh, quite a bit as we're launching client websites. It's not just a matter of like, oh, making sure something works. Like they'll go, they'll go out of their way to make sure it works the way you want it to work. You know, the way you envision, not just like, kind of like you're saying, just kind of making sure, you know, things are good enough. Right. So that's something I really appreciate about them. And I do want to, I do want to say just as sort of a disclaimer here, the, the, the VC question, I'm not saying that all VC money is bad or that it's all investor money is bad or anything like that. But I did, you know, based on previous conversations we had, I I did, uh, you know, have a feeling that you were going to answer that way. And I love that. (laughs) I do love that distinction between, you know, what's the goal? Is it to have, or, you know, what kind of impact do you want to have? Do you want to just get big or do you want to, you know, have impact? And so I love that distinction. Uh, and I love that about uh, show it for sure. I am around a lot of friends that take VC money around. I'm around that environment. I understand it, and I just know that there's just different decisions that you're making, you know. And and I love that book, Smile Giants, just for that purpose, is it helps you clarify like these are the decisions that you're making, and it's fine. You can go either way, you know. Certain. I, I have friends that love the VC game and love being a part of just going as big as fast as possible. I just think for the the style of business owner that I'd like to be in the type of business I'd like to grow, I always want to grow our business, but not at the expense of losing those pieces. Sure. So going back to the the feature question, I asked that it's kind of a you know there's there's a, a few pieces of that. You know, I had uh, I've interviewed uh, Jake and Becca Berg of Dubsado, and I asked them the same question because again, it's another company that I feel like. You know, they definitely listen to the community and they definitely have a community around their product just as show it does. And I'm just so interested in how you guys navigate adding uh, features and figuring out what to build next, because I got to imagine that if you ask a hundred people for, you know, what feature they want next, 90 of them are going to say something different, you know? And so as the business owner, you have the burden of figuring out, okay, people think they need X, but really they need you know, whatever that is. And I was wondering if you could just speak to kind of that process of figuring out, okay, how do you balance listening to the community, but at at the same time, not just chasing around uh, features all day? Yeah, it's a tough question because we've been through a lot of different seasons where we, you know, we, you know, we had feature boards that you could vote on and things like that, you know, and, and and there's all kinds of ways to, to generate 
input on what features matter to customers and things like that. You know, ultimately, I think what it comes back to is that you have to listen. You have to listen a lot and hear a lot of things. And then I think more than anything, you have to be a user. You know, like, you know, I, I, I build a new site once a month just for the sake of like feeling the pain points, you know, like, and, and, and I, I love helping a friend launch their site because then I get to feel all the pain points of, of getting a site launched and things like that. So like for sure, I think one of the big things for our whole team is like making sure that we still stay in it, that we still are a part of it. And then we feel their, their pain, but our customer support team hears over and over on a daily basis, like the things that are pain points, you know? And so then we have meetings with our team and say, Hey, what are you guys hearing? Like, what are the things that really surface, you know, from when, when you're talking to customers and, and when you're dealing with them? And so I think a lot of it is our whole team has a voice on what is what is important. And then we're also looking at, like, where do we want to go? You know, so there's features that, like, it seems like, oh, that'd be cool. But, like, is that what we want to be? Is that the direction that we want to go? And, you know, there's this other piece of being uh, easy, like, as an easier platform, like trying to make things simplified, that the more options that you give someone, the more complicated you become immediately. So every time you feel like, oh, we'll just add one more button here, we'll just add one more thing here, you're actually making it more and more complicated for everyone else. So so we are, we're always trying to measure against those things like, okay, this might be a little bit nice, but it's actually just going to make it harder for everybody else. And so there's a lot of that that we're weighing when we say, okay, yeah, let's add that feature. Uh, what we found is that we tried to provide some power features into the platform along with trying to stay fairly simple on other things. And so even by just allowing a basic, you know, embed code kind of thing, there's so many things that you can grab from other places and drop in and extend. So if there's something that you really need, you can find it that way. Also, our choice to really try to stay integrated with WordPress means that most plugins that you could get for WordPress could, will still work with Showit. So that provides all kinds of things. So now instead of saying, hey, we need to be owning that feature, we say, hey, we'll just work with someone who owns that feature. Yeah. And so, you know, when it comes to shopping carts, you know, or a download store, things, something like that, there's all kinds of options that you can use inside of WordPress that provide those features so that we don't have to be the expert on those particular things. You know, we're going to stay in our lane of like, we want to really provide this great design experience. So Yeah. And I think, I think if people actually, I mean, those like a shopping cart, for instance, that is a product in and of itself and the layers deep that you can go with that. And so, you know, I think it makes sense, you know, but at the same time, uh, has, I feel like I would really struggle being in that role, deciding, you know, what to do next and staying disciplined and saying, Hey, this is our lane. You know, we're, we're really going to, you know, make this stay in it and then make it as easy to use and flexible as possible, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's the appeal of show it, right. Is that we can tell our clients, Hey, when we build you a website using show it, you can update things on your own. Right. Yeah. Um, and so if you go in and start adding all these different features, then all of a sudden it becomes harder for people to realize, okay, this is what does that. And this is actually how I, you know. Yeah. So eventually you got to a point where the amount of the u- amount of users on the new platform surpassed the amount of users on the old platform. Yeah. Is that where you felt that, you know, you guys, like at what point, I guess, did you feel like, hey, we're on the right track? You know, like this is, we've got something here where you're both proud of what you have now, you know, mm-hmm. and feel like, hey, we're, we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. You don't feel like the ship is sinking. Yeah. Was there a turning point or did it just kind of happen? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, it's, that's a good question. I, I think there's a lot of moments along the way in that journey, you know, because the beginning of 2017, we actually were at this moment where we were, we were starting to get to that point where we were losing money, you know, like that every month we were losing money. And it was like, that's coming out of my pocket. You know, that's, you know, I, I got to pull from savings. I got to stop paying myself. I got to, you know, whatever it is just to keep things going. Cause I, we were growing, you know, we'd launched in the VNT 2016. So we were growing the new platform and it felt like things were moving in the right direction, but at the same time we were losing to a certain degree, you know? And, and so how do you, how did you decide? I mean, so I, I guess the question before that, that question is, you know, like in that moment, again, I just think like, okay, if I were going through this, like it, you have a family, <laughs> like it's not, you know, this isn't just like, you have to put food on the table. How did you decide? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going with this. Like, how did you know things were heading in the right direction, even though you're losing money? Did you know that was just a season and things like were other metrics telling you, like, hey, we're heading in the right direction? Well, I mean, we were seeing good growth. You know, good, good new subscriptions, new sites being launched. You know, like all those kinds of things, like felt good. So we, we we're, it was a hard time because you're celebrating the fact that things look good now. You know, things are picking up, but we have, you know the reason that we were able to stay in business is because of an old product, but that old product is starting to sharply decline, you know? So, so you have a, a product declining and a product raising at the same time. And so it's a transitional period. And so even if you may be growing, you're actually staying the same revenue wise and sometimes even shrinking, you know, and you're, fi- you're finding out that you have to have people in place to handle the support, to, to handle, you know, all the stuff that we did with WordPress, you know, that it became a little bit more difficult from a support end. Um, so, and then we brought on someone for, for marketing, you know, that we thought, okay, we need to, we need to invest in this because we're in a place where we have opportunity to grow. We really need to invest in the marketing side of this. And so it was at that moment that we, you know, we hired someone and we felt like, okay, we're going to do this. And then three months into that, you know, that we realized, you know what, I'm paying out of pocket right now. I'm just losing money. And, and we have the opportunity to be a profitable, like stay profitable, stay fiscally responsible, and at that time, I'd consider taking on investment. That was when I was really weighing, you know, is this a season to take on investment? And then we said, you know what, let's just be diligent about just being fiscally responsible. So we, we ended up letting that person go and then just really tighten the belt and said, hey, we're going to just be what we can be while we can be this, you know, and figure out how to make that work. And so, you know, we just that 2017 was a rough year. You know, it was it was a rough year because it was a good year, but it was a transition for sure. And that, and that made it tough to figure out how to, how to balance all the celebration of like a new product getting going, but also understanding that like, we're not out of the, out of the red completely. I think once we got towards the end of that, then we, then we realized, okay, now we can start to make some more decisions that are forward thinking, you know, and that's when we decided to move into an office space out here. And, and cause at the time that you're losing money, you're like, I'm not signing a lease, you know, like things like that, you know, you're like, I, I, I don't know if this is going to work out. So, uh, yeah. So there's a little bit of that where we, um, we were patient about a few of our decisions uh, and said, Hey, we just gotta let this go. But even now I think we're, we're finally hitting the point now where the old product revenue doesn't account for the cost to run the current, you know, so like we're, hit, we're hitting that now. So if you said like, when did you feel like you got out of the woods? It's like yesterday, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know we're, it's, like, it's journey, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I have two questions because we're, you know, we're getting close to time here, but one is during that hard season. Uh, and, and I just want to preface this and I occasionally say this, this wasn't in the outline that I sent Todd. 
So I've just been putting them on the spot here for the last, you know, 10 minutes. But, you know, during that hard season where you had to make some of these hard decisions, whether it be letting somebody go or deciding what direction the company was going to, whether you're going to take outside investment, was there anything that you, that you found yourself like, I got to imagine that there were people giving you advice. I would assume a lot of unwanted advice, you know, and then how did you navigate that season? Like, do you have like a, a trusted people that you go to? I mean, what, what tips can you give people maybe going through a similar season? Maybe not, obviously not the exact same thing, but how did you navigate that? I think it's really important to have people around you that are smarter than you. I mean, I'll, you know, like over, I know that's kind of a trite thing to say, but it's, it's really important. And honestly, like part of this was, you know, I will always, I mean, since the beginning of our business, we, we've paid for consultants, you know, like we've always invested in people on the outside being a part of our business and just not being in it, but like on it, you know, and saying like, Hey, are you running this appropriately? Are you doing this? You know? And so I had advisors that were strongly encouraging me to take investment. They're like, Hey, you have this opportunity to do this. You need to like, it's going to work, get investment and go. And so I was listening to them and weighing it between different things. And so, you know, I don't regret that. I think it was really good for me to be paying advisors, you know, even, even in the end that not taking their advice, I felt like I learned what, what the ramifications were from both sides of like what a decision like that would look like. And so I think the other piece of that too, is that, you know, leaders are readers. And I think reading books over and over again, it's, that's another one that's like hard to come back to, but it's like, man, my, my book list is, is very long on which ones I've gone through and said, okay, man, you know, this has really shaped the way that I am able to do business and lead a company and, and do those kind of things because I invest time in, in reading. I listen to a lot of books because I love Audible. I'm a lot more of an auditory learner, but I mean, I think, yeah, I just go through books after books because that and then the wisdom of, of others around you. Like, yeah, I, I have a team of advisors, leadership team here in our company. Uh, and then my wife, Lisa, is one of the wisest people I know. And so be, being able to bounce thing, things off of her and, you know, she really helped, helped me through that season too. So. Awesome. Well, final question here. And you were training for an Ironman. So completely yeah. not related to uh, to show it here, but kind of. Yeah. Why? Why are you training for an Ironman? 140 miles, right? Just the total <laughs> yeah. total distance of the race. We were talking about this a little bit before. I was, yeah. for whatever reason, under the impression that it was a little shorter than it ended up being. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, we talked about this at United last year. We had a, a card that we said, do hard things. That might be a simple saying, do hard things. But I I think there's something really valuable in that. And I think even when we talk about this story of a, what our transition looked like and standing on the edge of a precipice and saying, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. It's hard. You know, like it's easy to like laugh about it later and say, oh, yeah, we just did it. But it was hard, you know, and I think there is a certain amount of that that I enjoy in life of, of saying like, okay, you know, I'm going to put some challenges in my life that really press me. And, you know, when I was building a business, I kind of stopped doing a lot of working out and things like that, where I, you know, I know that probably was a better time to be getting some exercise and things like that, but I really wanted to reset a bit there. And I think in training for a marathon and other th- events in the past, I've found that the moments when you feel like I, I have to give up, my body has to give up, you know, and then your mind just makes the choice and says, nope, I'm going to keep going. Nope, I'm going to keep going. Every time you make that decision over and over, it's like when you're lifting weights and you're, you know, like you're curling uh, some weights and, and it's like, okay, that's as much as my arm can do. And then you do it one more time, you know, 
that's going to strengthen your arm to push it past its its capacity. It also strengthens your brain. And I think that's the, the thing about, I love about Ironman is like when I go out on training and, you know, do a 90 mile bike ride, it's like you hit mile 80 and you're like, well, that's enough. You know, I'm done. You know, and you're like, no, I'm going to keep going. No, I'm going to keep going. And I, I think that piece of like training your brain to be able to say, no, I'm going to keep going. It creates this resilience. It creates, you know, the, the ability to, to face obstacles in life in other areas, you know, that you just have, I just feel this capacity to handle things more just because of that kind of training. And so that's what I love about the endurance world is, you know, just how it changes the chemical makeup of your brain, you know, to be able to say, nope, I can handle enduring this, you know, and I think that's, there's so much of life that comes at you from different directions and being able to just say, I'm going to endure and I'm going to push through, you know, like that's, that's a big part of what life is about. And so giving some free time to, to train, to do something like that, I think is, is huge. So awesome. Well, your first Ironman is coming up, right? This yeah. November, November or October. Yeah. yeah. So November. Uh, so we will absolutely be uh, cheering you along uh, yeah, when, when you get to that. And I, I just want to thank you for your time and sharing your story and uh, even the challenging and the tough parts, which I know for me have been inspiring to watch. And again, I think at the end of the day, you know, we're big fans of Show It largely because of you and the team behind Show It. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we wouldn't recommend a platform to our clients that we didn't think was outstanding. So I also think the platform's outstanding. But again, I, I think this is just such a valuable piece of things for people to hear because of, you know, just those those things you mentioned throughout the interview, like having an impact instead of just getting big, you know? So thank you for sharing all that. And where can people find more about show? It? Uh, our website's show it.co. You can find us on Instagram at show it.co. So yeah, you can sign up there. We, we have a 14 day free trial. You can check out the platform and, and see if, it, if it's a good fit for you. And I'm looking forward to seeing you hopefully in a few weeks. We're going to be taking an RV around the around the country. And, uh, you know, that'll, that'll be part of this fun. And so we'll be showing up at your door one of these days. You know, I think what show it needs is like an RV tracker. You yeah. know, like <laughs> kind of the, the Santa Claus thing around Christmas, you know. You need a, a page on the website where we can go and kind of find where you are on the map. <laughs> so, but anyways, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, until next time. I appreciate that, baby. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to DeviantCrista.com.